0: This is Alan Karpik on our Arnie's birthday Zoom, and this is the only two-time member of our Arnie's birthday Zoom. The legendary Howell Wheaton turns 100 today, and and we're recording a day or two early, but we're still in the spirit of all this. How, what what a great life you've led, and happy birthday to you, man! When you're a when you're a knucklehead at 100 years old. You're our best friend.
1: <laughs> I was a knucklehead long before there was knucklehead century. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I know that's true. All right. Now, for those of you that didn't watch it, we we did this three years ago with Howell uh, on his 97th, and we think he's the oldest knucklehead out there. Uh, but that's but he's all he's the most seasoned knucklehead out there, and that's what we'll say. But. Howell lives in in, uh, near in Columbia, Missouri. He's going to have he has been he was at Purdue from about the 1950s to 1968. But has remained uh, a Boilermaker fan. Uh, He's around those Missouri Tigers, but he's he's a pretty thorough Boilermaker fan. So tell us the story how uh, how you got started. Dale Samuels was one of your quarterbacks you first watched, but uh, talk about the first time you saw Purdue sports play.
1: Oh, well, kind of been in the fall 1950.
0: Yeah, a
1: good year. And of course, as student, we were sitting in the north end zone. Now, I don't remember much about the next few games, but the last game the season we were playing, IU, and I had being an old Marine, I had a little flat bottle of s- substance, <laughs> an adult Marine, yes, in my overcoat. And it was darn cold, I couldn't unbutton to get to Purdue <laughs> One. Well, how I want to say my first. Yep.
0: But how 1950 was a great year for Purdue. Of course, the Boilermakers beat Notre Dame that year and ended their long winning streak. But I'm gonna oh, do, yes. some, do something as a first because I'm having a toast to you. It's happy hour in Indiana, and I'm having an old fashioned on your in in your so I'm I'm not hiding my substance. I'm just having it off to the side here, but a privilege to be able to share this time with you now. You saw Dale Samuels. You you were there in 1952 when Purdue won a Big Ten oh, yeah. championship. But tell us about what, you know, what really, you know, you were an ag guy your whole, you've been in ag, in ag your whole life. Angus cattle is your game, still is your game, at your 100th birthday celebration. You're going to have an auction, uh, which is amazing. You're still working. But tell us what, uh, what really made you a Purdue fan, true and true, early on. I mean, the college experience, but what made you a Boilermaker?
1: First of all, Purdue is a great university. Yeah. And that gave me a great education. Yeah. Of uh, which I've all been thankful. I got my, I don't want to talk about degrees much, but I got my bachelor's in science degree at, mean, my, my master's at Purdue. A few years later, I was on the faculty at Purdue and I decided you needed that darn third degree if you really wanted to advance and stay. So the University of Kentucky took me and it was so interesting that that good education that Purdue gave me in science and et cetera, I didn't have to take a lot of courses that they require. So I was able to speak through with that, and I, I have a story I would like to tell. Please when tell I it, my friend. I was on sabbatical in the summer of 1963 at, at Kentucky. I had an early morning class, and by 10 o'clock, I'm back home sitting on the front porch reading a book study in what I would call a low-middle-income type of environment. My 10-year-old daughter, Jane, was playing with a little girl on the other end. And I heard this conversation. Doesn't your daddy have a job? You know, <laughs> and, and then Jane used a term that we really didn't use at home. But she said, oh, my daddy's going to school to be a doctor. Oh, <laughs> boy. And then the little girl said, and help people when they're sick. Yeah, <laughs> Jane gave a great answer. After a little pause, she said, "No, he's going to be the kind of doctor that doesn't help anybody." <laughs> and that isn't true, How. That isn't true. You Maybe have was right No, you have
0: you have helped feed a lot of people in this country, and. There isn't anything more important than that—that your work ethic that you've had. You know, in my seven or eight years of knowing you, you've impressed upon me the the importance of a good day's work, and and a always a joke at the end of the day because you are you have got so many stories and fun things that we've shared over over the years. Now, I want to ask you about your memories before you left Purdue. Purdue did get to the Rose Bowl. And Bob Greasy led Purdue in the 1967 Rose Bowl, but talk about any of your memories of, of those teams. Well, we're back. You're back. You're good. Did I lose you for a second? Yeah, it cut out. Okay, well, tell me, tell me what you, any memories of that rose, that first Rose Bowl, 1967. Uh, you were still at the university at that time. I don't know if you were able to go to Pasadena, but tell us about just being a part of a, a Big Ten championship season. You had two of them, one in 1952, one in 1966, or 67, I should say.
1: Those were great years. We had so many good memories. I thought uh, caused- it Jeanette, my wife, wanted to go to the Rose Bowl that first year. I said, well, maybe next year or a few <laughs> years, yeah. I'll be equipped financially to go. It was a long time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 34 until, years.
1: So <laughs> Drew Brees came to the rescue.
0: <laughs> All
1: right.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. Repeat no, which, well, my my other, my question, and, and you've always been good about being contemporary and realizing things change. Everybody in the world is asking the question, did you ever think you'd see UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington in the Big Ten? Isn't that unbelievable?
1: I can't vote you on Yes, Actually, I think when I first started at Purdue, the Big Ten had nine schools.
0: That's correct.
1: I'm not sure when Michigan State came back, I think, to make the 10th one. That's right, in in 1953. That's correct. I do have a story about a football game I will always remember. Purdue was playing Michigan State, I think, before they might have been in the conference. And they had a win streak like thirty some games. And Purdue scored a touchdown in the first half, and as usual, bumble fingers, we missed the kick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) we're
1: We're leading six to nothing. We kick off to Michigan State, and they ran the darn thing back for a touchdown, but it was called back for a penalty. Yeah. And that game. And on and on at six to nothing. And the stands in that fourth quarter got quiet. Like if they are afraid if we breathe, we'll break the spell. And that's how it ended. And it wasn't until the end that the noise began again. It was as quiet as a mass in church that fourth quarter. I will never, ever forget that.
0: You're right. That your 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 memory is great. October 1953, Dan Pobajewski scores that lone touchdown and beats Michigan State. I think that was the first year, I believe, and I somebody's going to correct me. First year that Michigan State was in the Big Ten, but they were on a they were ranked number one on a long winning streak. You think about that. When you first started watching Purdue football, how Purdue ended a long 39-game winning streak against Notre Dame in 1950. They they broke Michigan State's long winning streak in 1953. And then in 1954, a guy named Len Dawson went up to Notre Dame and stopped a 20-game Notre Dame victory streak. So there were some great streaks that uh, Purdue broke in your formative years of watching Purdue football.
1: One of my great memories of Purdue that I actually knew – personally, President Humday. Yeah. yeah. Through my uh, work and and we had crossed past several times. And after we beat Notre Dame that Saturday, the students were going to take Monday off. Yeah. And I'll never get, I wish I could imitate President Humday's accent. But <laughs> he assured us that those guys from Notre Dame put their pants on one leg at a time like the rest <laughs> Now let's go back to class. And by golly, we did. <laughs> yeah. You've
0: been pretty good, friend of, of the invitation. That was uh that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. Now when when you reach a hundred years old, everybody's gonna ask you, and I've asked you this, and I've listened to every word you've said, what has been your what's been your secret to longevity? What is what has really kept you? You've been a tireless worker. Uh, you've kept a sense of humor, but what what's your secret sauce,
1: Howell? Well, first of all, I guess I inherited good genes. Yeah, that helps. My not live to be very old. And then there were some Japanese sho- soldiers that were damn poor shots. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. In the Marine Corps. And I've been an admirer of Harry Truman forever Yeah, because we were... Slated for my company was to be the first wave to land on the shores near Nagasaki. And we were expected to have 90% casualties in my company. And and so a few weeks after Harry dropped the bomb, I was, among other duties, I was a company commander's rudder. And we climbed the shore and we were at the edge of the atomic bomb crater. In peace. I looked around and we're still the only two there. So I can honestly say I'm one of the two fellows that actually stepped into an atomic bomb crater that was dropped in anger. Yeah. And I've been an admirer of Harry Truman and his politics ever since.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a momentous uh, time. And we just I, got that time to sit still.
1: a of serious, serious stuff. It's been yeah, no
0: doubt. Nice All stars. right. so so I've what not in your, a,
1: Go ahead, Howell. I'm sorry. I had a great Purdue wife for fifty one yeah. years, and a couple of grandkids. Well, I've actually got five grandkids and the three older set are on the west coast. And then there's these two nearby, and Trace and Tessa, of course, and they've been pretty good kids. I yeah, they know. have. He, has, he he seems to have found girls. Yeah. And pick up bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of them, they'll be broke.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the fastest. That's the fastest way to financial ruin is women, right? right. So you got to be careful best. on that.
1: <laughs> pray God. A little bit. He did graduate from MU with honors.
0: So oh yeah. Trace is, uh, Trace has been so helpful well, in putting this together and 100%. and and Susan as well. We appreciate them. So uh Howell, we hope your celebration is a big one, and I know it will be. Uh, you got an auction going on. Um, you've got a lot of things that uh, you got a lot of things still to do. One of the things you still have to do is is to see Purdue in the Final Four in basketball, and, and again, you saw it in 1969 and 1980, and maybe, maybe, 2024 will be the year. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch. We know that. Uh, I know you taught Zach Eady everything he. What's that?
1: I said maybe we'll make it this year.
0: Well, I was going to say you you taught Zach Eady everything he needs to know about good good center play. Is that true? Then what? You taught Zach Eady everything he needs to know about being a good center, didn't you?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, I kind of missed part of that question, but uh, but it was uh, as I said. He said, "Did you teach Zach Eady everything he knows?" Oh yeah, yes. To <laughs> grow tall. Yeah. <laughs> he went yeah, absolutely. one direction, and I went the other. I have four inches since my record days. <laughs> I well, wasn't all little and stubby. <laughs> well, they've been there. I've always been proud of coaches at Purdue. Uh, Coach, Coach Painter, he's uh, I'm sure he plays everything on the level, and uh, so I've always been proud of Purdue for many ways. Yeah. Uh, but- thankful I've been a maker.
0: Yeah, we're thankful for you, Hal, and brightening our day today, and uh, we hope, and we know that you're going to have a great birthday and a great celebration, and uh, I hope you get a little of that libation in you somewhere. Uh, you sneak it in there to your party, because I'm going to be thinking well, about you on that day. So
1: uh, We are, the party before starts out Its what I call a and b party. Yeah. It's Certified Angus beef and boobs. I mean, adult <laughs> <beverage>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with
0: you, my friend. Well, have a great day. It is an honor to have you be on here, and you have been such a good friend to us, and uh, you've been a, such a supporter of Golden Black and Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart. It means a lot to us.
1: Yeah. Oh, it right. means
0: every. It means everything to us. To be very honest. And we know that you're going to be watching that uh, that uh, the Boilermakers when they take take the field against Fresno State in the Ryan Walters era. uh, you got. To, it's going to be exciting times in in Ross Aid Stadium. So you have a great birthday. Thanks so much for thank you. for the time today, Trace. Thank you so much for hustling home from work and making this happen. But uh, it was. This is as much this is as much fun as you can have in in media journalism as being able to talk to you. So thanks so much,
1: Howell. If I don't get my knucklehead central fixed every day, I'm not quite right.
0: <laughs> we appreciate the uh, we appreciate the endorsement have a great thank one
1: you very much for keeping us long, long far away mortar makers in touch thank you
0: well thank you